If you've played a video game in the past 10 years, then you've probably played Dark Souls, or at the very least, one of the thousands of games that claim to be like Dark Souls, or the Dark Souls of X genre. Dark Souls, released in 2011, is itself the spiritual successor to 2009's Demon's Souls. The gameplay, difficulty, and general atmosphere in these games are nearly identical. Both received high praise from critics, and yet Dark Souls is the name the video game community at large remembers. It could be that Demon's Souls is just a clunky name to begin with, but it may be that Dark Souls simply has a more banging soundtrack. Dark Souls brought in Motoi Sakuraba to compose the game's soundtrack. Sakuraba has been a regular in the game's industry, owing primarily to his time working for Wolf Team, now known as Namco Tail Studio. Sakuraba began composing for Wolf Team in 1989, the same year his prog rock band, Deja Vu, dissolved. Over the years, members of Wolf Team would go on to join and form different companies in the game's industry, including Camelot Software, Tri-Ace, and Tri-Crescendo. These members all hired Sakuraba on to compose for these companies' games, which includes Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, Golden Sun, Star Ocean, Botan Kaidos, and many other titles. With such an astounding and varied catalog of music, it's almost surprising that Sakuraba's most popular piece may well be the most simple, somber final boss theme ever, the one from Dark Souls. The theme turns the hotly anticipated final battle into a heart-wrenching execution with nothing more than a plin-plin-plon. That's right, we're talking Motoi Sakuraba's Gwyn, Lord of Cinder from Dark Souls on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one fat rolls. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my flavor text co-host. Alex Mildenberger, but like, the text is a different color. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it tells you like, oh, Alex was born in 1993. Yeah, it's like I'm talking to you, I'm like, hi, and that's in blue, and then it says my name is, and that's also in blue, and then it says Alex Mildenberger, and that's orange, and then everything yeah. else it says in blue. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Alex, for giving the visual on that one. Yeah, I just wanted that... to give some detail. <laughs> Good, yeah, that's, that is your, your purpose about. here. This flavor text. Um, very excited today to have have a, a returning guest on. He's been on four times before, I believe. And each time I've said, next time we'll get you on for a video game one. And then we don't. But now we're doing it, and it's for a game he loves, and a song he told me that he loves. It's John Bell! Yeah, John the video game Cover Me Bell. That's me. That's right. That's you. John Bell. Hello. Of Jardev fame. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Doing all right. How have you been holding up in this in these these unprecedented times? Uh honestly, day to day life is not much different. Um, <laughs> I never went outside much anyway. Um, Fair for now, enough. now when I do, like, I, I have found I'm extremely extremely nervous about going outside nowadays. Um, mm. So I like I mask up if I'm like, yeah. doing shopping or something. I do put on like, um, like latex gloves and take them off and sanitize and everything. So when I do go out, pretty spooked about it, but I just try not to go out as much as I can. Yeah, which, like you said, this was pretty much your operating routine anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not not too different. <laughs> not too different. Um, I have noticed recently you've been getting more into streaming. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the big thing. Like uh, about a month ago, I finally upgraded mm -hmm. my PC or just like the parts that were very old. Um, right. And now I can finally stream on Twitch. 
So I've been getting really into that, and mm-hmm. it's it's really fun. It's it's very it's more instant than YouTube, so it's I found it really really rewarding. Right, because you you instantly have, and I I popped in briefly for a few streams, including the one you had last night of I think the game's the Academy. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Jumped in there, saw you solve some puzzles. I swear to God, one of those I've seen in like a like a shitty advertisement for a mobile game. I I actually went on their website today, and I think there is uh like an Android and iOS port. So okay, it might so be might, be, might be a shitty mobile game, and some it, of the puzzles it, are just not original. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean it's fair, you know. If you're, I guess they're probably an indie company, right? Yes, very indie. Like, yeah, like Professor Layton has like one of the world's most famous puzzle makers. Oh, like, does it actually? Staff. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's why they're so good. Yeah, and even they reuse puzzles, like, every fucking game, so I can't imagine doing it as just, like, a guy who likes puzzles. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun, but pretty indie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you've been doing that, and, like, I see you've got at least one dude who's always up in the chat, and then, you know, you just look over, and you're like, ah, oh, somebody has said something. It's, like yeah, you it's, said, instantly seen and heard. It's 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 really nice, and, like... If you get stuck on something, like if you're recording it for YouTube, what do you do? Like you pause, you can go look it up or something. But if you're live on Twitch, you can just turn to chat and be like, anybody got any ideas for this? And it's really nice to get people involved in it. Yeah, especially with a puzzle game. I saw some, it was that one with like the buckets of paint last night and the one after that where you had to like solve which which shape was the wrong shape. Oh, yes. Based- yeah. <laughs> I, I was sitting there, it. I was like, fuck, what is it? Yeah, some of those puzzles are just impossible to solve. Yeah. And that, that almost makes it even more fun, because like everybody who's watching gets totally stumped as well, and they can get frustrated with it. Yeah, it makes it a real group experience. Yeah. Now, of course, you've also were, prior to this, streaming a lot of Dark Souls. Apparently so much so that your like your hands have started to cramp up, is that right? Yeah, kind of. Um... Obviously, like, the very first thing I wanted to play when I started streaming was Dark Souls. So I, I did a, a randomizer playthrough of Dark Souls. Um, and I guess it was just, like, way more hours of Dark Souls than I was used to. So, like, by mm. the end of it, my hands were, like, hurting a little bit. So I just thought, you know, I'll just play a really chill puzzle game, just use my mouse for a bit. Um, and now, now I'm good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. It was just a lot more, like, talking and playing than I was used to from just doing right. YouTube. How long does your average stream last for? Probably like two and a half hours. I go like two or three, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot of games, especially Dark Souls, which a game I only recently played and beat in my life, just this March and April. Oh man, yeah, I was looking at your um your trophy achievements because like PlayStation like notifies you or like it shows right. you on the feed. Um, and like half of them are hidden for me, <laughs> so I was like trying to figure <laughs> out, did you finish it? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, because I, I wouldn't want to talk about this if I hadn't beat it. That's what I told you, like, many months ago. I was like, well, I'll beat the game, and then we'll oh, talk about okay. it. Oh, okay. Sweet. And so I did. I don't know. Alex, have you beat Dark Souls? No, I have not. I'm on the Four Lords. Last like time I played... way done. Um, yeah, I, well, I haven't played video games very much for the last two years, so it was about just, probably just about two years ago that I last played Dark Souls. Okay, it's going to be yeah. fresh in your mind for this. Yes. I've, I'm generally familiar with it. See, I played, I, I leveled decks, so I didn't that's know. That's, that's my favorite one to do. Yeah, but see, I don't know what I'm doing. 
Oh, I see. So I was like using strength weapons. It was a whole thing. Oh no. Yeah. Everybody told me the game was hard. I was like, well, pick the easiest class. It's warrior, baby. Just dump into strength and start slapping things. <laughs> oh no. How did that go? Well enough. I mean, okay. you know, I had some some trials, but especially you get to the last boss, Gwyn. As long as you know how to parry, you're fucking golden. You're set. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Magic's easy mode, though. It's got to be said. That's what I've heard, because you can you have range. You literally just stand back, spam left bumper, and roll occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> and then things die. Yeah, I my thing was I had so much trouble in the beginning because I was convinced I had to go to the graveyard. I was oh, like, it's right in front same, of me. Same. I gotta go to the fucking graveyard. So I was like, and everybody tells me that you gotta learn how to parry to to be good at this game. So I spent maybe two hours just like parrying skeletons. Oh my god. <laughs> Until I finally like looked it up and it's like, go up this way, you dipshit. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And go to the Berg. Yeah, I, I did the. Ex I think most people do the exact same thing because like it just seems closer to Firelink Shrine than going up to the Berg. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very frustrating start to the game, but that's that's very Dark Souls, baby. That is. That's that's part of part of the joy of it, I guess. It's it's a retake on classic video games where they're just unnecessarily hard. Yeah. Yeah. It. I don't really, I don't usually like those games, but like you do really get that that sense of achievement when you mm -hmm. beat a boss in Dark Souls. Oh yeah. I mean, with Fuck Dark Souls, it's like it's built in, as opposed to some of those old ones where it's like, oh, you failed, start again. Yeah, start oh. from like the very beginning of the game, <laughs> and then you just right. get discouraged. It's it's part of the it's part of the game. So. Yeah, like Dark Souls is very forgiving if you look at like NES games. Oh yeah, like Castlevania. <laughs> Fucking impossible. Yeah. Speaking of which, you've also been doing Castlevania runs in Dark Souls. <laughs> okay, that's really hard. <laughs> what is a Castlevania so run in Dark Souls? That's uh just using whip weapons <laughs> in all three games. Where do you um, get Dark whip Souls weapons? Two? Sorry. There was I didn't even realize there was a whip, or I yeah, I probably forgot. See, I haven't is. played in two years. <laughs> But in Dark Souls 1, there were three whips, but Dark Souls 2 has, like, six or seven. So Dark Souls 2 is a lot more fun than the, the Dark Souls 1 whip run was. Right. So is that the only rule, is just use a whip? Use a whip and try and cosplay a little bit like a Belmont. Okay. <laughs> you know what the That's weird the thing about Castlevania is, like, at least if you look at Symphony of the Night, which is where it started being more of that open structure that you see in Dark Souls... Using whips kind of sucks. I can never oh, find a good whip. They had like much bigger weapon variety in Symphony yeah. of the Night, right? Okay. I mean, swords are fine, but then you get a whip, and by the time you get a whip, the whip's not very good. Huh. I never used the whip. Maybe, maybe I got to do a whip run of Castlevania. Mm, I, I talk Castlevania like I run can of play Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've mostly yeah. played one and three, or one, two, three of Castlevania. Okay. And like, they're all whips. Very all different. All whips all day. Yeah. I don't think I've played a single Castlevania title. No? None of them? No. Oh, and, like, man. I barely played Metroid titles, but I love Metroidvania games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm the same. I haven't played, like, any Metroid, but I, I do quite like Metroidvania. Yeah. And it's sort of silly, because my whole time playing uh, Dark Souls, I had played the game Hollow Knight before. Oh, okay. Which, which it, like, in terms of plot... And in, and a lot of the like combat elements in the the death mechanic where you got to run back to your soul and in Hollow Knight you have to slap the shit out of it a bit before it coughs up your money. <laughs> oh yeah, 
but yeah, the whole time I was playing, I was like, wow, Hollow Knight really is just Dark Souls, but like 2D and cute. Yeah, it's very Souls-like. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that are very, very close to Dark Souls. Yeah. It's one of those games that like really, really set up a lot of changes in, in video gaming. That's why we even have the term Souls-like. Yeah, and like, um, while I, while I was sick, I actually reread the two Dark Souls books I have, and it's it's quite interesting to to see like how much they really did influence games, mm-hmm. and like where they they came from as well. Yeah, it was wild because like playing it was the, the same way you you know you like read Shakespeare and you're like, wait, I've seen all this before, just yes. in like <laughs> other things. Yeah. Um, what do you guys know about uh, Motoi Sakuraba, the composer of this game? Oh, man. Specifically, not a lot. But if you hear his other music that is not this, it's like, mm. for me anyway, I'm like, oh yeah, he composed Tales of Fantasia. Like, I've, I've spent so much time playing Tales of Fantasia and like, just, and like Golden Sun and stuff. So like music that I mm-hmm. just think, if I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's old school, like RPG music. No, that's his music like that's how he writes music because those are the rpgs i played when i was younger mm-hmm. so it's very distinctive but also very different from this yeah a lot 100%. of the other stuff uh, did either of you listen to his band deja vu <laughs> no <laughs> you can find their only studio album on spotify baroque in the future oh, he's got shit. some like also like solo stuff yeah, that's his solo, his 1991 solo album is Gikyo Kwonso. Oh yeah, I just see it there. After Dark Souls 1. <laughs> it's very much like the the uh, the space between like prog rock and video game music is seemed to be exactly where Baroque in the Future sits as a studio <laughs> album. Yeah, it's opinion. well, it, it's like, it's like very, or like pretty prog rock and like very dense. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of just interesting like orchestration stuff as i understand he kind of taught himself to do that like orchestral arrangement sort of thing because he was working in video game soundtracks and that was where they were going so he kind of had to learn it if he wanted to stay in the industry and this was like the late 80s early 90s i think or at least in the 80s um so he's kind of got some like different ideas as to how he does those kinds of arrangements because it's not like a classical training but right. other than that, I don't know a lot of specifics. I've just kind of, it's always been in the background. Yeah, he's very much, like, he's not, distinctive. he doesn't seem to be talked about as much as, like, Koji Kondo or Nobuo Imatsu. But he's pretty prolific. Like, if you look at his Wikipedia page and, like, lists of games he's done, like, he's done a ton yeah. of Tales games and, like, Star Ocean and Mario Golf and Valkyrie <laughs> Profile. Yeah. He's got a, a 168 titles. Yeah. On. <laughs> oh, my crazy. God. And he's done a bunch of uh, bunch of the arrangements for the Super Smash Bros. games. Yeah, like since Brawl, Brawl, he's yeah. at least been yeah he's been on every uh, iteration since that. That's crazy. So, yeah, he's like Dark in Souls the and Brawl <laughs> or Smash. Yeah. And he's done some live performances. He's actually performed, I believe, with Nobuo Uematsu at a concert in I want to say 2015. I've lost the note for it though, but yeah, like he's been on stage with some big name people. Huh. I love him like his like on the Wikipedia pages, like he's known for like all these kind of like serious games, like the Tales series, Golden Sun, Dark Souls, and it's just like Mario Golf and Tennis as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Purely well, those because were those weird. are Camelot titles. Yeah. The Game Boy Advance ones, right? 
Yeah, because Camelot oh, made it? made those, and they also made <laughs> Golden Sun. So like, he's just kind of tied in with those. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's it's and it's all of that is these Wolf Team alumni who like worked with him on on the like early Tales games, and were like, "Yo, get this guy to do the soundtrack because he fucking slaps," <laughs> <laughs> and he does. Yeah, he does. Let's let's talk about this song, Quinn, Lord of Cinder, which is like just so wild. You go because in for people who haven't played Dark Souls, uh, spoiler alert: all of the original Dark Souls game. Uh, whenever you go through a boss to to a boss area, you go through like this white fog, and then generally it's this big like you know heavily orchestrated like holy shit, there's a big fucking whatever, and you gotta fight it now. You go through this door, and it's just devastating piano like super fucking sad and it's so confusing and it's also like instead of being a, a big giant monster it's just like a guy who's barely slightly taller than you with this really yeah. sad piano going on it's a basketball player with a sad piano going on <laughs> yeah yeah and just every like even the way he moves he just because he just kind of glides towards you at the start of it yeah he just it's sets all... himself up for that parry like an yeah. idiot <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a fucking moron like God the easiest Gwen. way to beat him is basically to do nothing is just wait for him to try and hit you and then you you know give him a bop on the nose <laughs> yeah pretty much you just step around him if he like swings you parry him you smack him repeat it's like exactly. he wants to end his eternal suffering <laughs> weird <laughs> I, i'll admit i don't know the whole plot but i know some of it you're telling me, dude. I don't even realize I've betrayed everyone throughout the course of the game. <laughs> did you kill the half-breed? Um, no, I did not. Okay. But what I did do is, I, I, you know, you talk to the snake. He's like, you're going to be king, dude. And I'm like, all right, you're a good guy. And then you go kill the five kings or four kings, however many fucking kings there are. And then you talk to the snake's twin brother. And he's like, brother, you got to do this other thing. You got to bring in the age of darkness or some shit. I'm like, oh, this guy seems like a reasonable fellow. I'll do it. <laughs> You got a deal, my man. You got Koth to show up on your first playthrough? Yeah, does that not usually happen? No, because you have to... Fuck, how do you get him to appear? You have to do the Lord... Uh, Yeah, you have to fight the four kings before you place the Lord Vessel, and I'd never done that. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I'd never seen him for, like, five playthroughs. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I, I agreed to his master plan. Then talk to the other snake. He's like, you sucked so hard. I fucking hate you. And I was like, all right. Then I beat Gwyn. And then I lit, lit the fucking fire at the end, which is what the snake who now hates me wanted me to do anyway. Oh, no, you fool. You got the bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked up the other ending. There's barely any difference. Barely any difference. You let the fire die. No, I lit the fire. Yeah, but the other ending. Yeah, you, but it's like a it's like a two second cutscene. It's just like mm, it's dark now. And you're like, yeah, none of this really. But the lore implications of that. Oh, I know, but apparently it doesn't matter. Come Dark Souls three, anyway, right? No, or two, <laughs> or two. So, does the Age no, of Fire end or not? And shove them. Yeah, I think um, like Dark Souls. I guess the canonical ending is you linking the fire because that's how like two and three start. Basically, mm. it's like under the impression that it did keep being linked but the actual like good ending lore wise is ending the age of fire and starting the age of dark yeah and that seems to make sense like like from a story perspective yes but i was i like i didn't even know what i was doing at the end i was just like there's a fire let it up yeah absolutely (laughs) dark souls is very obscure (laughs) exactly it's just like i've been doing this the whole game that's a good safe happy thing 
Like, there's there's um, some NPC quest lines I still haven't done, like, 200 hours in, because they're so obscure. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm so a little shocked to the... hear just the term NPC quest line with respect to this <laughs> game, there. quite frankly. They there's are a there. Lot. There's, and some of them are you just, like, kind of talk to people at different places at different times, and they'll be like, wow, I sure, sure went through a real one back there, and you're like, hey, hey, talk to you later in a different location. <laughs> And sometimes they ask you a question, and you're like, I don't know, have I seen your dad? <laughs> like, yes? <laughs> They're like, great, thank you. And I'm like, hopefully that pays off. <laughs> and then you said the wrong thing, and they all die. That's right. Dark Souls. Dark Souls, baby. And then sometimes you just get mad at that priest at the beginning, and then you fucking murder him, and then yeah, his friends so come back snooty. from the crypt. Yeah, he's a prick. <laughs> I get you. Don't worry. I've, I've been there. Good, good. I was, I was worried I was the only one who just resorted to murder at times. No, the very my very first playthrough, I fucked up Firelink Shrine for myself because I kept attacking people because they pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, back to the matter at hand. The song. The song, Alex. I'm sure you've watched a YouTube video that's told you a lot about music theory about I'm sure this. Break I have. it down for us. Okay, so there's a few different sections in this song. Tell uh, me about the plin plin plon. The plin oh, plin plon. Is the plin plin plon the descending A section? Plin plin plon. Yeah. That's how it starts. That's your, well, that's it your starts, first motif, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with that. It 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 is descending. It's the plin plin plon. It plays a couple yes. times, but there's also a lot of um, like sp- it's very sparse. So that'll play, and then there's a lot of um measures. That's just the bass, which is kind of going between like intervals. Um, in the lower end of the piano, Wait, it's, it's all in the piano. It's, yeah, it's doing that tune, 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 tune. That sort of rising pattern. Is that what you're talking about? Um, I'm talking about. It's more like the. Okay, well, both of those parts are happening simultaneously. Yeah. I can tell you that. So that's going on. Uh, and then it plays the bum bum bum, and then it plays Plans like an ending to that. And that mm-hmm. part can change. Um, and then it kind of waits with just the bass for a few bars. And then it will repeat that. Yeah. In, in, in a lot of ways, the, the sort of main melody, that plin plin plon, kind of represents the, the life force of Gwyn here, which is, you know, fading. It's, it's, a, little, it's a slow heartbeat rather than the steadiness that the, uh, the rhythm section has. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and supposed to be we should mention it's all—it's like very minor key. Oh yeah, it's A it's minor, right? Shit. I, yes, that is correct. A minor is the tonic. Huh. Found that from Google. Hell nice. yeah. Actually, I think I found that one Reddit. Did you um? Did you find like the bit where it says that only the white keys on the piano were used for this song? Oh, I did not. Okay, so that's really cool because Gwyn in Welsh, actually means blessed or white. But also, obviously, Gwyn, the character, was always fighting against the dark constantly. Right. So he hated the dark so much, he refused to use the black keys on a piano. (laughs) (laughs) I I just thought that was cool, that it only uses the white keys for, like, Gwyn, the Lord of Light, pretty much. Right, so there's, like, a visual, uh, like, symbolism going on with the piano that plays his theme yeah and like that must have been on purpose like there's no way you could 
it it like, is dude. definitely weird. I mean, the key it's in obviously uses the white keys, but also to not use anything from outside of that is yeah, pretty unusual. That's yeah, pretty pretty, pretty impressive. And naturally, if he wanted to make this a sadder song, he would have used D minor. Obviously, it's the saddest of keys. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you um you found the YouTube video called Gwyn's theme, but every time there is a plin plin plon, it becomes sadder. I did get that one. Yes, okay, I that. <laughs> so I, I assume he's probably doing something similar. Like, yeah, I think he just transposes it down, uh, like a, an octave essentially okay. every time, and slows it down a bit. As I think what happens. In that yeah, <laughs> it's basically Very gets lower and slower. Yeah, <laughs> I just like the plin plin plon is an actual thing you can look up. Plin plin yeah. plon. <laughs> I, I had to look I was looking at a music theory video 8-bit music theory and the person in the comments was like video should have been called plin plin plon explain <laughs> I was like what the fuck does that mean and then yeah you figure it out you go on like YouTube you type it in there's like loads of videos for it yeah it's like meme explained and everything and yeah like, okay <laughs> apparently I never got around to that meme this week oh, Alex. <laughs> what I get for not reading comments that's yeah. That's always been your downfall, but also your strength, and that's why we love you. That's why I love me too. Alex, tell us about the second motif that goes up instead of down. It's very similar, but it goes up instead of down. Oh, nice. Similar like cadence, like it's also slow instead of bum bum bum. It's bum bum bum, except it doesn't sound like that at all. It because I can't hit the right notes. Uh, if I do it that way, um, Alex, Alex, you're looking for the fifth, the flat six, and the flat seven. Oh there. well, thank you. Um, I'll have to find them then. Uh, so that plays a couple times, and it's also very similar because there's like that sparseness, and then it's able to play that, and then just kind of like wait a bit, and you just hear that bass again. Um, and mm-hmm. then it does its own sort of like walk back down, and then goes back to the plin plin plon. That's right. So yeah, because he guys does that dun 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 on the one and then i think it goes up on another mm-hmm. kind of wheels its way like you said back to the the plin plin plon is that where the like the bridge comes in where it's just a one note over and over um close to that so okay. we get the for the first minute of this is like the a section a section b section a section so we don't hit that break yet oh, we get okay. to this we get to the c section which is actually just the b section but with more time in between those notes that's that's where it's like boom, doom, doom, yes, doom, yeah. And then from there we work ourselves into that bridge where it really is like just the rhythm piano. At least I believe yes. that's what happens. Yeah, right, so, yeah. It starts to play like these chords repeatedly as quarter notes. It reminded me of like chopsticks. Sounds like a very sad version of chopsticks. <sighs> yeah, it's very classical sounding. Because uh, like what he was going for. it just gets like more and more dissonant mm-hmm. as it goes spreads this chord out yeah and then after that we move uh sort of back into the i think it's the b section but that uh the driving rhythm of the piano is no longer there which i'm sure means something symbolically but who can say what it is yeah i think in the 8-bit music theory video he at least calls sort of the 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 loss of that rhythm kind of like gwyn trying to catch his breath okay because by this point you're like a minute and a half, two minutes into the fight. Yeah, you're you're in the meat of this fight now, and he's like, "Oh fuck, shit, God, I'm getting old." He's old and fat. Yeah, and meaty <laughs> and short. 
for a basketball player. He yeah, used to be a, a short, giant. Short basketball player. That's right. Yeah, because if you look at the statue, God, I'm going to just talk about lore in this video. Or in this yeah, podcast. go ahead. No, that's totally... The, the song itself is actually very, very, very simple, and there's no lyrics, so please talk about lore. <laughs> okay, so if you're when you're in An Orlando, which is the city he built, City of the Gods, yeah. you can see statues of him all over the place, and they're massive. Mm-hmm. But then... And you, like, you can even see his tomb in the Dark Moon tomb where you fight um, Gwendolyn. You can see right. a huge statue of Gwyn as well. You actually see real Gwyn at the end of the game, and he's just tiny. So I think like the theory is that he's been there for so long, and he's just lost all his powers, and he's got old, and that's why it's like really such a pushover of a fight compared to the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And like he can still beat your ass. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if uh, you use a whip, he sure can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it still took me probably five tries to get it done. Yeah. I was just, just trying to roll around him like an idiot, and then he just hits me with his big flamey sword. Yeah, but he yeah, won't book on it, you? Fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, is, he is quite clearly not his his former self, who was incredible, but, you know, he's still an old guy who knows how to hit. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and so then after we, we move away from the uh, sort of that driving rhythm, we get, uh, it actually comes back to the the a section again but i believe it's been transposed up which kind of heightens the intensity it's a little higher oh i didn't notice that it was higher i'm i i don't really have the the ear for for that kind of thing i'm really cheating i meant to send you the the music theory video because he it's like 13 minutes and he basically does what we do on this podcast but much 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 better oh nice <laughs> he knows what he's talking about yeah See, I don't know it at all, so like it, it makes sense that you guys cover that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, and then we kind of just, you know, go to the end after that. It kind of gets quieter. It goes back to that C section where there's a big space between notes, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of fade out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and of yeah. course it would it would loop. I believe. I haven't played. The yeah. Track, but... So if you listen to like any. Um, Soulsborne soundtrack, all the pieces loop. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. I'll fade out at the end, which is just to make it easier for them to loop in game. Yeah, that makes sense. We talked about, I think it's Koji Kondo who allegedly uh, like listens to the tracks he makes on loop to see if they will loop successfully and not get annoying. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is a, an interesting thing that makes sense when composing video game music, but perhaps not like a, an average pop song or something. Yeah. Yeah, especially, I don't know, some bosses will take a long time. Like, this is three and a half minutes, right? So when I did um my randomizer playthrough, I got one of the DLC bosses instead of Gwyn. So the fight took forever. So I could actually hear it loop. Um, right. I hit, like the three 330 point, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it on the some of those bosses. If you're if it's like your first time, you're probably gonna take a lot longer. So it makes sense to listen for how well it's gonna loop. Right. Yeah, and I feel like Gwyn moves whether you're winning or losing pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. The, like I think Gwyn is normally like a fairly quick fight because like he does a shitload of damage still. Yeah. But yeah, when he's a big dragon instead of Gwyn, takes a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a bit of time. <laughs> and is that the space you fight that dragon in, is it comparable to the regular situation, or is it much bigger or smaller? No, it was a lot smaller. So <laughs> 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 it was um it was so small he would like try and do 
uh, like a fire breath, and his tail would like push him against the wall, and he'd just like spin in a circle a little bit. <laughs> so he um he couldn't fly or anything when I was fighting him as Gwyn. <laughs> Poor fella. Poor guy. Um, John, what is the hardest boss in Dark Souls? In Dark Souls opinion? one. Yeah, Dark Souls one. Um, Artorius or Manus, probably. I don't know if you did the DLC at all. I don't. I don't believe I did. I super uh, easy no. to miss. Oh uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like always, always the DLC bosses are the hardest of like that game. Right, because they're kind of built as end game content. Generally, you've probably beaten the main storyline, and now they're like, "Here, try this crazy shit." Yeah, pretty much. Like the one of the bosses in Dark Souls Three DLC is just the hardest boss they've ever made. Totally optional, so like, it's nice that it's it's there. I'd skip it all mm-hmm. the time. But yeah, like all all three games, the DLCs are so hard. Um, trying to think of like the main game. What's the hardest boss? I I struggle with Four Kings a lot. <laughs> Yeah, hey, that's where I was stuck. <laughs> yeah, they fucking suck. <laughs> Even getting to them, because I must have missed the lore about the fucking ring I'd picked up somewhere that you have to wear to get down there. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so, so you just I, like, died when you stepped in there? Yeah, so I, like, stepped in. There's those fucking staircases. I'm like, okay, I'm hanging out, and, like, a ghost from outside, like, rolls in, and I fucking murder him. I'm like, maybe I gotta wait for more ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, there for, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just gonna jump off. I fucking died, and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> that's that's Dark Souls. That's Dark Souls, baby. That is Dark Souls, baby. Yeah, that that boss is really fucking hard. Yeah. Did you fight all yeah. the optional bosses? I guess you said you didn't fight Priscilla. Um, no, I didn't fight Priscilla. Uh, I did. I went into the painting world, and then you talk to that lady, and she's like. Don't fight me, just get the fuck out of here. And I was like, alright. So you just left. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds fair. Fair enough. She's one of my favorite bosses, actually. Okay. She's pretty fun. Yeah, I might go back and do it. And then there was uh the one the one you were talking about, is it Gwendolyn? Like she's optional as well, right? He, yes. He, yeah. I, I was just like, alright. They're like, don't come in here, you or I'll beat your ass. I'm like, alright. <laughs> It's oh, very so you, reasonable with people. So you like broke the illusion of Van Orlando and then just peaced out without fighting him? Yeah, that's exactly nice. what happened. <laughs> Understandable, honestly. He's a bitch. He's not yeah, fun either. So I, I imagine. I was like, I don't want to cause trouble. I'm just trying to fucking light some flames or some shit. I'm sorry for attacking your big busty sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that is maybe my favorite part of Dark Souls, is just the messages you get to leave for people. <laughs> Amazing chest ahead. <laughs> Amazing chest ahead. And regardless of what boss, if they had titties or if they were a ripped blacksmith, you can bet there was Amazing chest ahead. Absolutely. Or like Gwendolyn, you know, you, you thought he was a girl. You will yeah. always, you'll always find uh, messages down there that say, like, Amazing Trap ahead. <laughs> you know what, I did see that one and I was like, hmm... Okay. I wonder what that means. <laughs> um, I have a couple of notes from the book I read. If we're yes, like, close to the end of this a little bit. We are. Okay, so... Um, the whole Dark Souls 1 soundtrack was recorded with actual musicians and instruments and used the Tokyo Philharmonic Chorus to do the vocals. Mm. Um, and that's significant because Dark Souls 2 and 3 didn't, I guess, have the budget put aside to use real orchestras or musicians but okay. demon souls and bloodborne did that that, that that was my last note 
we covered the rest of them. <laughs> That's very and yeah, that is worth noting is that the the piano on this sounds very organic. It's very it's allowed to fill out the space. It has a very full tone to it. And when we go through some of these cover versions, we're going to note that that's not always the case with these other versions. Yeah, you're not going to get yeah. those with, like, samples. Mm-hmm. And that fullness really adds, I think, another layer to this piece. It's part of what makes it so captivating. Yeah. It's funny because I think, like, overall Dark Souls 3 is my favorite soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But, like, people say it doesn't sound as good. And, like, Dark Souls 1 has more, like catchy melodies i guess like right I'll, I'll never forget like how gwyn's song goes or like i can always think of like the moonlit butterfly theme song right but, like, I, I could never think of any of the dark souls 3 songs without listening to it but when i listen to it i'm like oh yeah i, I love this one it's just it's, it's interesting how, how different they are like that yeah that is interesting maybe they just used up like a significant amount of creativity in the dark souls 1 soundtrack could be yeah Cause yeah, Gwyn, Gwyn really sticks out, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it sticks out amongst like video games in general, let alone the the Dark Souls soundtrack. Yeah, I play my every time we do a video game song on this podcast, I'll like play it for my girlfriend. She's like, eh, whatever. And then she knew I was doing this one this week, and I, she's like, she doesn't like this game because I curse and swear a lot when I play it. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, that stupid game, Alex got you. I'm like, listen, it's fun. I just get mad at it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's yep. not a bad game. I just fucking hate it. <laughs> but yeah, I but, played her this and she's like, oh, this is like really good, actually. I'm like, yeah. This is like art music. Mm -hmm. Like it is like classical music. Yeah, it is. I, f I fucking love the, the Souls soundtracks. They're so good. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, like Sakuraba has a background in prog rock, which uh, when Alex and I talked about uh, Rush, fucking however many episodes ago we talked about how their approach to music was more composition based than your standard pop song so you get more like movements and variety right and i think some some essence of that even in this very simple piece is present it's you know it's composed like a like classical songs rather than pop music or even yeah, that, video game music it makes sense if his background is like prog and classical pretty much Mm-hmm. that's a good background to have for any kind of composing <laughs> yeah particularly like big rpgs and shit like mm -hmm. he's he really found his sweet spot yeah he did alex anything else before we move into the covers nothing else from me no no i so that's, that's all i got man <laughs> you don't have to sound so sad about it alex <laughs> we're gonna move into the covers song. It is a sad song, that's true. I was like, I had to listen to happy music to get me psyched up before jumping in here, because I was like, listen to the song, and then I was just like, fuck. <laughs> well, maybe oh, I shit. should have done the same thing. I was listening to this, like, immediately before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the first cover, which comes up in 2014 by Sonj, or Songy? Well, it's a French guy, so I'm assuming Sanj. Oh, did you actually find something on this guy? Um, yeah, I don't remember where I have my tab, but it's a French guy, and it does uh, video game covers, has a, just listed a bunch of influences. Um, most of them I didn't look up, but it's a lot of, like, 
rock. Yeah, like I remember they said like Pink Floyd and kind of that like proggy rock stuff. Because like when I when here we I are. yeah up. I found his I found his um, YouTube page so he talks about that's like oh, like Pink Floyd yeah. and oh, okay. Tool and Nobu Uematsu and a bunch of other stuff I don't recognize. You oh Tears for Fears I recognize that, name, that Alex it's it's Nobu O hmm? Uematsu oh sure because if they didn't want that O to be there it wouldn't, it be, wouldn't there. be there Alex <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Sanche that's all I know. He's a French musician, music producer French. who specialized in video game soundtrack covers. Are you telling me he's been influenced by artists such as Pink Floyd, <laughs> D'Angelo, Tool, Tycho, Tears for Fears, Ravel, Air, Bill Evans, A's Dana, Nobuo Uematsu, Goldfrap, Textures, Massive Attack, and many, many more? I think that's what I'm telling you. Oh my god, are you reading from my notes? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Left screen share on. I've seen everything. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> All right, so this one... Um is moved into as you might imagine more like a a a rock context um metal even it opens with like some guitars and it's playing the intervals from the beginning but now it's on guitar and bass yeah uh instead of piano and then there's like a a higher guitar that comes in to play a higher part and then suddenly it's like boom like 24 seconds in like metal metal happens yeah, it's got like double bass kicks as well. It's yeah. very metal. Yeah, part two, we get into that like, I think it's about 30 seconds in. Yeah, you get the, the bass kicks coming in. Some angrier guitars. Yeah, big, long, like sustain, some like chugging, but it'll be like, chug, 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 and then hang, ring out, and then more chugging. So kind of similar to how the song uh, works, like structurally, where like they'll play a bit and then it'll kind of let it, like sit for a second and then play some more, but hang, yeah. but more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And then we get the the plin plin plon sounds like it's on a glockenspiel. Yeah, it's oh, like a chimey. Gl- I I ding, mean, I'm assuming ding, ding. I'm assuming some kind of synthesizer, but yeah, it's that kind of like kind of metallic ringing sound. Is that the later part or in the first part? No, I that, yeah, that's after the because it, it, it plays this like metal section, which is kind of a new section and then just and then goes At about back like into the 50 plin, plin, seconds plin. we break to that uh, to that Glock. Oh, I thought it was electric guitar. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Could be. No, we, it rings out too much. It's a, too much of a It doesn't sound very oh, guitar like yes, Sorry, me. sorry that oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, like the bit before that. Yeah, the bit that the electric guitar takes over. You are right. Yeah, yes. like right away. <laughs> yeah, but there was like this brief period with the Glock in there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like little little tiny chimes kind of thing. Bing, bing, yeah, bing. the electric guitar, like, and then they're both playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the like beat with the fast like kick that kind of stops for a couple seconds and then does fast um that keeps playing throughout yeah there's this a real effort to, to not plin, plin, plin. build a steady rhythm line yeah like it's kind of, of jarring broken up yeah i think that that really speaks to his like prog influences because like the mm-hmm. the like chugging guitar really is just all over the place like it seems almost random but there's there's definitely some rhythm to it yeah and there is a bit of an no go ahead I was just going to say, I was surprised he didn't list, like, Opeth as one of his influences, because this is, like, fairly, like, prog mixed with very heavy metal. Mm-hmm. 
And like it, say, it gets heavy. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like some Final Fantasy VII battle music, which tends to rely on some heavy distortion, a little more metal influence. Not quite as metal as this, but he does list Nobuo Uematsu, who would have his hand in that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, it goes through kind of the rest of the song. Uh, it plays a B section. Um, there's still that... Uh, there's, like, another, like... Obviously, we've talked about the, the metal guitar in the background. Um, it's a little more, like... Um, it'll do, like, the chugging and then, like, mute. So it doesn't... It isn't allowed to ring underneath that, like, melody guitar. Yeah. Yeah, the rhythm is very muted. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, is like, way of... Because he's brought in a ton more energy into this piece just by merit of electric guitars. Yeah. So to bring in a little more of that desolation, we have this sort of broken-up rhythm section. Oh, yeah. And and it it can also reflect, like, the, the heartbeat, like you were talking about in the original one. Yeah. Because a heartbeat wouldn't ring out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah it's, it's these quick beats. And then it yeah. stops. Like a fight. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, very clever, Sanj. Yeah, Sanj has really brought it into a more classic, like, video game boss realm. Yeah, where it's yes. more, like, intense. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see this being in a Final Fantasy game. I could see this being a fight with fucking, like, Bowser in Super Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> that would be pretty wild for Mario. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit wild for Mario, but they usually throw in some metal guitars for a Bowser fight. I, I mean, I've supported. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it, and he, I think he does some some good bits with the elements there. He makes something that is still compelling. It's not quite as, uh, you know, as heart wrenching as the original, but it is. It does hold an intensity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like some of the stuff uh, later on. When he does the like. Uh, the slower walk-up part, the, like, C section. Um, mm-hmm. The The underlying arpeggio in that part becomes that, like, chug on the guitar. But just playing the, like, yeah. which I think is a cool application of that because it fits really well with what's been going on up to then. Um, and there's, yeah, a lot of other cool stuff. And, and, and throughout the song, I mean, it... Raises in intensity. Um, the other big thing I liked, there's sort of the transition, because at the very or not the, sort of the very end, before after the um, how do I describe this? Damn it, I'm tripping over my words. <laughs> after it goes to the C section, uh, there's like a transition back, um, and it sort of puts an emphasis on a different part of the song than you get in the original. So it sounds like there's this like counterpoint. I, I said counterpoint arpeggios because now there's two guitars playing this arpeggiated part, but they're kind of like weaving. This is about like two ten just after that. It's like a very cool section for the like transition. I, I back into B from C. Yeah. It, it like steps up kind of right. This part I'm talking right. about specifically is when you get like the like finger picking. Oh, okay, so it's, yes. It's in that sort of quieter transition. So around two ten we get that sort of big break and then it goes down to like the doom doom doom. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. 
Yes, and now it's and, like it's on two instruments. You can tell it's different instruments, but they're kind of like playing together and like weaving throughout each other or around each other. I think it's very cool. Yeah, I like that because he doesn't like it is very heavy, but it's not heavy the whole way through. He does let these little like quiet bits breathe and like the whole almost the last full minute is just very quiet and slow and sad. Yeah, it so is like a, like a breakdown. It. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he has a, a clear understanding of what made the original compelling and how to sort of uh, pull those moments and put them into like a different context. It's not a one-to-one -one translation, but it's, you know, along the same lines. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's probably got more variety than the original as well. Oh, easily. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's more, there's more like stuff going on underneath for that intensity. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also interesting because at the end, the like, it, it really raises the intensity and then like brings it way down again, like for the very end. That's yeah. not what you said before, is it? Did I misinterpret what you said? I might have said that, but I okay. might not have. It's, who can say? Who That's can a, say? Not me anymore. <laughs> and then there's this like dual guitar arrangement of the A section, like right at the end as it fades out. That yeah, I think is very like, cool. And the, the the rest of the song was so heavy, like when it it like quieted down there and like i saw there was still like 40 seconds left i was almost expecting it to like pick way back up again but i like that it just kept quiet for the last almost full minute because it's a lot closer to the original or like the tone of the original this way mm -hmm. you get sort of that final burst of fight and then it's just like almost hollow there's this emptiness as the these the, oh, you know wow. the two guitars just kind of play very very softly yeah, it's like the aftermath, aftermath, and you realize what you've done by killing Gwyn. Yeah, and you're like, well, "What do I do? Do I walk out of here? Do I, I touch the fireplace? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> do I go talk to the snakes? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with that, let's move on to Smooth McGroove, and I believe 2015. <laughs> Yeah, Smooth and Groove, we've talked about this guy. He's an acapella fella. Yeah, he is an acapella fella. Naturally, acapella. we have to have an acapella song on here or John wouldn't come on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's in his contract. Uh, this one, uh, um, it's got like a lot of vocal layers on it. And yeah. well, I guess I should say, he's it's very close to the original. He's pretty much doing the sounds of the original with his voice. Which is what you'd expect, but there's not much uh, deviation from that. Yeah, it sort of takes it from being a piano piece to a one-man choir piece. Yeah, yes. where he's just like... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, in terms of instruments used in the Dark Souls soundtrack, like it's not a, it's not a large stretch to switch this to a choir number. No. no um, d did you ever get to Ash Lake in Dark Souls? Uh, like way down fuck. under the tree is that that one under the tree yeah with the, the, tree the, with the hydra guy yes. yes oh yeah i got to that hydra he fucking spat some bars at me let me tell you <laughs> i just so I ran past you... him and talked to the dragon uh, that works too um <laughs> i don't know if you remember the soundtrack but like the whole area has music for that but it's just like really deep choral with i think higher choral coming in later right um, so yeah like it actually, like, the bass notes in this one reminded me of that track. Okay. So, like you said, it's not, like, 
making it a coral number isn't that far outside of the realms of Dark Souls. Yeah, and it does sound more like a coral number than like a college acapella group going on here. Yes. That I'd be interested true. to hear like a college acapella cover now. <laughs> I mean, you'd love this of next people. one. <laughs> blin, blin, blon. Oh, yes. <laughs> Give it to me. You can, um, um, in in the music video here, he actually forces his cat to dance along in one of his one of his little head portraits. There <laughs> is that why the cat is like the album cover artwork. That must be it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's the cat. Uh, I missed that part. It's the cat. Yeah. So yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with him, he does acapella covers of video game music. His full time career is now music because that's a question I asked myself while listening to this. I was like, "What the fuck does he do beyond this?" And the answer is nothing. He does this. It's, it's just that. Does he? How often does he do stuff? I wonder. New stuff. Um. This yeah. I wonder what his latest latest video is. This video has one point six million views on YouTube. So damn. Yeah. I, I mean, get excited he... when I get like ten downloads on an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got. He's got. 2.38 million subscribers his last uh video was uh, it's obviously not this one from seven years ago is that 11 months ago no um, yes shit. is it wow yeah. is he done maybe smooth mcgroove smooth mcgroove what happened life man his I last spotify life. album is 2019 so huh shit moving on to bigger and better things interesting Maybe his cat died. Oh no, Charles. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Charles Singular? Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it says in his YouTube about section. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Charles. Charles. Um, anyway, obviously we're talking about shit around the song because it's an acapella version of the song. It's I found it kind of relaxing. It was almost soothing. Really? Hmm. I I wasn't a fan. For me, it it really lacked dynamics compared to the original. Mm. It's very like even. And there's not a lot of much You're right. going on like, in, there. In the original, the like the keys hold weight to them too, you know? Yeah. You hear that plin plin plon, those are heavy notes. Yeah, yeah, and this it sounds like there's a lot of like like to me this was more so than it was a, a an acapella version, like an exercise in in track arrangement in a in a digital audio workstation, just because right. that I don't know that seems to be what it sounds very processed and worked on. Yeah, that, I, I I put that this vocals sound very processed or effects heavy as well. Yeah, which right. fine, and honestly, I think it works better for like chiptune style songs. Which mm-hmm. he does a lot of as well, uh, but it it kind of loses something when it's this kind of more traditional acoustic style music. Right, he's taking taking a dynamic like three dimensional piece and flattened it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like it sounds very cheerful, <laughs> which does mm-hmm. not suit the the original at all. Like I didn't watch the video, but when I was listening to it, like. I could picture him doing like those, um, like the backing piano going like ba with like a bright smile on his face. Yeah, you gotta oh, yeah. You, your lips have to curl up. 
when yeah. you sing because that's how they teach you to sing, I think. I don't know. And that's, that's just such a tonal shift from the original and the actual fight. Yeah, I mean, he picks up his cat and, like, plays Dances. with it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, this is a fun song. Like, yeah, you're right. It does miss the tone of the original. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it also yeah. made me think of Binding of Isaac. You know, um, mm. when you go between floors, they do, like, that little, like, vocal lick, I guess. Right. I don't remember that. I, I, it's I, been I can't a while. Think of, yeah, I didn't play I can't it think sound, of what it sounds like think. now. Oh, okay. I well, yeah, when bus. you transition between floors, it, like, plays something that sounds, like, fairly similar to this. Or maybe that's just okay. me, like, drawing that connection to it. I believe you. Sweet, I I'll believe take that. you. Yeah, I'll take it at face value. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> let's stop talking about Smooth McGroove, and let's start talking about Insane in the Rain music in 2016. So this is Carlos. He does yeah. video game jazz arrangements. Yeah, it's his thing. That's what he does. Been doing it since 2012. Have you covered him before? I feel like either I have or I have found him while doing research for another episode and just like didn't let him make the cut. Because obviously this is a six-minute jazz version, and I yes. try to avoid those. <laughs> I, th I felt like I recognized the name. But maybe that was from somewhere else. Oh, you know what? Song of Storms. Yeah, he was in the Song of Storms episode. Oh, okay, cool. And I don't was remember also... what I said about that version at all. Was that also like six minutes? Um, Let me take a look here. It was coming in at a hot 6.47. Oh, yeah, it is. Even longer. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah, so with this one, I found he was really trying to build, at least in the intro, like an atmosphere of mystery. Yes, that, it's a little more like noir kind of in the back. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's got I didn't that notice that before. Thing. But yeah, I can hear that now. Mm-hmm. With like the big band hits, kind of. Yeah, it's quite noiry. Yeah, it starts to get like more jazzy almost every time he hits the uh, the the plin plin plon. Yeah. Yeah, plin's theme, but every time you plin plin plon, it gets jazzier. <laughs> That's just this song. That's <laughs> just this song. <laughs> Like, if it was a little bit faster paced, this could have been in Mario Kart 8. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, because it's so jazzy at some points. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also goes to the bridge, like, way earlier. Yeah. He does, like, the dun 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 at, like, a minute or something in this one. Yeah. But, yeah, he's he's restructured the whole thing, basically. Yeah, he really has, and of course, stretched it out to six minutes somehow. Yeah, well, that's the solos. Or there's at least one solo. There's yeah. a sax then, solo, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple solo sections, which wasn't a huge fan of the solos. Yeah, I put a note here, and it felt like he was going for it, but at about the three-minute mark, things start to wind down, like 250. Could have successfully ended it there and had a, a like a I, I would say a respectable version. Yeah, was it last week we had that too, or two weeks ago? Where it was yeah. like it's a decent version, and then they get to all the solos, and it's like okay, 
Isn't that just any jazz version? I know, cover? right? No, not all <laughs> like of them, a, but a lot of them. And I know that's like a jazz a thing where it's like everyone needs their solo or like we got to do a jazz solo. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I just don't didn't like these solos that much. Like the mood changes when you get to these solos. Mm-hmm. You know, like it sounded fine at first. And then you like, it starts to get this like more like brighter jazz thing going on. And you're like, wait a minute. Am I still fighting Gwyn, Lord of Cinder? Like what's happening here? Yeah, like, did this just, like, change track to a completely different song? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I didn't mind the sax solo, but it's it's very out of place in a Gwyn cover. Exactly. It's And the, you can have devastating sax solos. You could have something that plays in the vein of this song, plays with some of the motifs that have been set up, throw a couple plin-plin-plons here and there, and it would be cool, it'd be awesome, but this yeah. goes for more of, like, an elevator music vibe. It was just straight up, like, I can do a sax solo, here it is, and now we'll get back to the song. Yeah, it's like yeah. a break. Very strange inclusion. Yeah, but I, I agree, that part definitely sounds the most Mario Kart 8. Yeah, it does yeah. actually, it's very, like, jingly as well. <laughs> like, it's like Dolphin Shoals saxophone runs, am I right? <laughs> That's, yeah, I was, I was in the Dolphin Shoals, baby. And then Gwyn came out of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for him to appear in more games and throw himself at people. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Playing Mario Kart, it's just dun, 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 like, no, fuck, no. <laughs> he just leaps at you, yeah. <laughs> I was in first place. No, Gwen. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mind the like the the earlier build of like you kind of get heavier and you get the horns backing up the the main melody. Yeah, like I was. I really liked the like jazz arrangement for the first couple minutes, and then yeah, like if, one if it kept it going, cut, and two the solos were kind of out of place. I think you cut it like literally just before that sax solo starts. You've got a solid cover. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But um, it does. I think at about four thirty, it gets like very fast with like a full band. I quite liked that bit as well. Yeah, so and a you... good build up to it there, just like before it, it's doing the, I believe that's the C part. That... Yeah, so honestly, if you'd gone from like that before the sax solo straight to that like 4.30 faster bit and then ended at the end of that, you'd have a good cover. Yeah, that could have fit. Yeah. Just cut the sax solo. <laughs> cut the solo. It's You don't need it. <laughs> like save it for, I guess like, I don't know, it's more... At place in like a rock cover than mm-hmm. a video game cover i feel it's also out of place there but it makes more sense than a cover of gwen's theme or any yeah. video game theme there, unless it's there like, isn't a solo in gwen's theme there's yeah. no section for it if you're covering like um like super mario odyssey or something like that then you could fuck around with a sax solo yeah but um yeah the gwen theme on piano not really the place for it no. And then I th- I felt it could have gone softer at the end. With the, the guitar bit? Yeah. There's something about it was just a little too solid. I wanted a more like a of a decay of some kind. It, uh, to me, it sounded very much like the start of Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which part is this? Where are we talking? About, about like, like 550? Like, yeah. 550? Like just the very end. Where, like, all, all the bands kind of, like, slowly faded out. You've got, like, a little bit of lingering 
symbols. Oh, I see what yeah. you mean. And then it yeah, just yeah. goes to Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> it just kind of does that, like, <laughs> that, like, retardando yeah. sort of slow down thing where it plays on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah, could have um, Could have used, like, just a bit of fat trimming and it would have been really solid. Yeah, I think so. Seems to be something uh, we're saying about a lot of jazz arrangements these days. <laughs> yeah. Jazz, too long. Could there too be long, less of wanky. it, though? Cut off the second Z. What's it doing there anyway? <laughs> I, we get it. We get it. You like Zs. You like obscure letters. Fucking Zed heads out here. All right, we're going to talk about Alex Rowe in 2017. Yeah, uh, not the John actor. E. No, not the actor. This is a different guy. He's a composer and remixer. John, you specifically requested this version. Yes. Yeah, I noticed it was oh. absent. I see that it was Partially added because later. Because he's to the he's done things. a done an effort to obscure it by calling it Yes Gwyn. Yes. Yeah. Understandable that um that might have slipped under the radar. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why it's called that? Um, on the actual like the legacy album, he renames them all to be different so like the first track on the album is called like all, all for one brackets the abyss watchers theme from dark souls 3 so i think he just okay. wanted to title them all himself um but funnily enough he does have three es songs on the album yeah we got es gwyn es cinder and es cinder orchestra yes i i don't know i don't know what the es stands for I'll tell you what it's not. It's not Electro Swing. Ooh, it's not <laughs> It bad. certainly isn't. Um, apparently this guy also goes as Rotaka. Oh, That's his I AKA. That. Oh, interesting. Um, he's from Cambridge, Cambridgeshire. 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 Sorry, half of that's sure. silent. Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire. There we go. Cambridgeshire. <laughs> As they say in character. He's from he's from Worcester. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is uh, I would say it's more in the vein of like a like an epic orchestral mix. Yeah. Um. It. It still starts with like the piano. Um. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of does the same thing that Sanjay did, where it has like its own section, but instead of metal, it's like strings. And yeah. It lasts actually quite a while. It's like f almost forty seconds of this like bum 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 like strings. Yeah, that one. Um, that sounds very Castlevania. It's very me. Castlevania. That was okay. Excellent. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that is not 100%. just me. This is like a Castlevania version of a Dark Souls song. Yeah. There you go. Which is see, I, I didn't cool. I didn't agree with that original bit. Like, if he'd cut that out and just gone straight to the the Gwyn part. Yeah, it, it lasts solid. a while. It, it's kind of strange because it's just sort of playing those those strings, which plays through the rest of the song for yeah. like 40 seconds, which is a while. Yeah, it, It's almost like it should be the lead-in. Like if this were in the game, this would be what plays before you get to the final boss chamber. So that's your yeah. like walking through the last corridor or whatever. It's a bum, 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 bum. Yeah, you get it yeah that'd be pretty cool. Song starts. That would be kind of cool. 
Or even, like, you step in and, like, a cutscene plays and you have, like, those 40 seconds there. And as soon as you're out of the cutscene, it shifts into the Gwyn part. That'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah, so Castlevania's got that, like, symphonic rock kind of sound that we really get from this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do realize this one's, like, very different from the other ones. But I thought it was, I thought it was interesting and, like probably worth ch- uh, talking about yeah i'm glad Absolutely. you mentioned it i'm glad you i'm glad you put it got it got it got it put on the playlist sweet i don't even know how i found alex row I've, I've listened to this album many many times Mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe it's just one of those things you find when you're in the community because this is a it's a whole album of uh dark souls music and uh bloodborne music and demon and souls. I, and demon souls. Souls born. Souls born. There you I go. could have just said that. It would have been much simpler. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he also um, he makes like original souls inspired or souls born inspired albums as well. Okay. He's got like he's got Dark Sign one and two, which is Dark Souls inspired, and he's got Night of the Hunt, like three volumes of that, and okay, Born in Blood, yeah. which are all Bloodborne ones. Hmm. So I I have like this huge Soulsborne playlist I've put together, which is the three Dark Souls um, soundtracks, Demon Souls soundtrack, Bloodborne soundtrack, and then a bunch of like inspired albums. So I've got like all of Alex Rose albums on there. Okay, that's very yeah. cool. And there's other yeah, artists I, I, that have like inspired by. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this. There is. There is. Um, I do like I what he does with it uh, with some of the arrangement. Um. Like, he's also changing around the, like, timing a little bit. Like, for the plin, plin, plon, like, the plin is a little longer in this. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. It's like plin, plin, plon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, he's playing it now, like, it's piano, but there's also, like, some brass to support it, just to give it a little bit more kick, which is part of, you know, that's what what makes it feel a little more Castlevania. <laughs> Right. Less sparse. And if you look if you look at those drums, it's almost exclusively like cymbals and kick. Yes, that too. Like um all the rhythms are very like rocky kind of rhythms as yeah. well. So that's kind of part of the rock feeling of it. But also still like very video game y. Mm-hmm. Instead of going like full on rock, like um like Sonj did. Yeah, right. not in like that rock metal. But yeah. still kind of like the four, not always four on the floor. Like you said, it's more symbols focused a lot of the time. But like in that like four, four uh, kind of strong beat with a yeah. kit of drums as opposed to like timpanies or whatever. Yeah, like the rhythm section is built to establish sort of a baseline of energy. And unlike the original, it's very, very high because you have the drums and you have that whole string section. Yeah, yeah, and and then like brass later as well. Yeah, I think I think it it just like builds the whole way through, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then it, at... just, it just ends at the end, <laughs> like a big band ending at the end with no fade out. That's right, with a big space between its like last three notes. It's like yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and then, like, a very solid, like, resolution. Like, that is the end of the song. 
which yeah. you would not really want to do in a video game soundtrack because if your if your song loops <laughs> or the end of your loop is too like resolved, it sounds weird to just start it again. But yeah. obviously that's not what it is. So it's got a very strong ending or very um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It it, it is, a, it is really, a strong ending. He's really set. It's 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 over. You know it's over. Yeah, because the way it's, it it's punctuated. It's an end point. Yeah. And no, yeah. yeah, no fade out. No fade out. Yeah, and this was, I think, it's, he's not it's, a, it's a very good, large <laughs> version of the song. It's like, what if this was a, a, a massively epic fight? Here you go. Yeah. yeah. And it for sure sounds like like it could be in a Castlevania game. I cannot stress yes. that enough. Although, if it was a Castlevania song, it like wouldn't even be a boss theme. It would be like, we're just in the castle. <laughs> it's the start of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, like, uh, the drums especially remind me of... Um, just like walking through corridors of bloodstained ritual of the night, which is obviously super Castlevania. Mm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not even like a boss theme, it's just a, a castle theme. Yeah, it's just you're just cruising through some part of the game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Alright, with that, let's move into Scar in 2018. Scar. Scar Productions. Scar. Yeah, Scar Productions. A lot of metal. This is great. <laughs> yeah, a lot of metal covers of this. I actually had to like pick and choose between two metal ones. Did you? Was was the other one Little V by any chance? I think it was. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna suggest him as well, but I was like, no, nah, I'll just keep it to Alex Rowe. Okay. All right. I don't know why, because I like listened to them both, and I made this playlist like a month ago, so I, I don't fully remember my process behind it. Oh, okay. I, like, I think it was literally Little V in this one, and I went back and forth, and I was like, uh, this one, probably. Okay. <laughs> um, so Scar Productions, he originally created his YouTube page to promote his mixing and mastering work, but he just went into like a full-on YouTube cover artist of games and movies and series after his cover of the song Rise from Dragon Age Inquisition became semi-popular. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that was 2014. And then here we are with some some full-on metal, baby. I think metal also in term spiritually fits in with Dark Souls. Dark Souls is a very metal game. Yeah. Like even just from like its appearance, like all these demons and you're wearing like full plate armor and shit. Yeah, and it's like very European styled armor and stuff, which is yes. very metal. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it does make sense. There's a lot of metal covers of it. Mm-hmm. So John, bring us through this. Is this good metal or not? Uh I, I think it's good metal. Um I don't think it matches the tone of the original though. I don't know mm. if you guys got this, but I got a very like cold feeling listening to this one. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to like cinder, like heat. Yeah, well, like even just listening to Songe, like it, it sounded like a cover of the original. But like listening to this, it made me just think of like icy wastes for some reason. Interesting. Yeah, um, I don't know what to say about that, honestly, John. That's a very interesting take, but my my take has nothing to do with temperature. Okay. <laughs> Alex, you're fired. Get the fuck out here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta think about my temperature more often. Yeah. No, I get some of that. There is a, almost like a, a choir element going on in the back that kind of brings it to that like Norse metal style. Yeah, like very 
like it does say he's from Norway, but like even before I saw that, I was thinking mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like Finland, Norway, those countries that do like black power metal kind of thing, like Dimu Borgir, just made me yeah. think of very cold black metal. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, then especially no, when the the choir comes in, it just makes it sound even colder. Mm-hmm. Especially because they're so distant sounding too. It's like a it's like a physical coldness as well. Yeah, and it's quite like a a big group. It sounds like, and they're from quite far away. Yeah. Yeah, like that bit just makes me think like it could be played over like a game trailer. Oh you're yeah. You're fighting in like some cold area. I don't know. It's it. It's a very I don't usually see like images with with songs, but this one did apparently. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a it success. It happened to be the opposite of the original. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I I struggled to like latch on to anything specific in this version. Um, to me, it was like a lot of metal, and I could recognize it as metal. But compared to Sanj. It wasn't like a, a a notable aspect of it that I thought, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so for you, it almost reads like, kind of like a like a genre novel. It's very much rooted in that more than any like individually interesting characteristics. Yeah, I guess it, it it's like we've said about some things. Like it's a metal cover. Mm-hmm. It's it's a metal version of the song, and it's a kind of a straight done straight. More or less. Yeah, it kind of hits the the sort of metal markers you would expect it to. Distorted guitar, there's a bit of chugging here and there. You get the flavoring of that choir in there, which is a little more like Norse black metal kind of vibes. And uh, yeah, like that's it. It plays it for, what do we got, four and a half minutes here? Yeah, but that yeah, was my like... It does do like, um, like one little quiet bridge, I guess. But for the most part, it is fairly samey. Mm-hmm. And I guess that makes it, like, stand out even more compared to Sanja's version, because his was so varied and proggy. Right. Yeah. Well, he also had, like, the drums were, like, all weird all over the place, and it was hard to, in that version, hard to, like, get a consistent, like, rhythm. Whereas this one is more straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty much just, like, a double-kick bass pedal. Which is fine. Like, none of these things I'm saying is, like, bad. I just, like, didn't, didn't, like, nothing hooked me. And I don't have as yeah. much metal background as you do, so I, I, I didn't, like, envision landscapes. <laughs> but we'll get yeah. there one day. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I quite liked yeah. it. It just felt a bit lacking compared to another, like, sort of similar cover we had on there. Yeah, it's certainly a functional cover, but in this group of covers, maybe it doesn't shine quite as well. Yeah. Maybe if it had been, it'd be interesting to see like what we'd have thought if it had been different, like swapped places with the Sanj version. But I think right. Sanj would still have stuck out because of how varied it is. Yeah, because it does try some braver things in its composition. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of compositions, let's talk about Celestial Aeon Project in 2019. This one so this reminded a... me of like epic trailer music. 
Okay, well, but they really quite... emphasize yeah, making yeah. emotional covers. Yes. That's their that's their big selling point, according to their about page on Spotify. God, that about page was a, a slog with all the, the fucking tags they've got there. Oh my god, yeah. What was it like epic fantasy slash anime slash video game covers <laughs> slash tabletop RPG slash D&D music project? That originally had a Nero focus. Well, maybe you should have stuck with that <laughs> Celestial Aeon project. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting that they focus. started out <laughs> making soundtrack music for, like, the background when you are playing on a pen and paper RPGs. Yeah. Which makes sense, because sometimes you need ambient music for that, but this really does sound like background music. Mm-hmm. My favorite, though, is that in its notable releases, it describes its first album as beautiful and inspiring, which I don't think you're allowed to do with your own work. See, I always <laughs> say that, but people do it all the time, so you, I don't know. Like, like actually, I made I this. It's to. very inspiring. <laughs> it inspired me? Yeah. Oh. My first album inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this one makes the bold choice of trying to be sadder than the original, and it fails miserably in the process. It's certainly slower and softer. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's um like it's it's almost the same length as the original, but it feels like there's about like half the original missing. Mm-hmm. Because they they pretty much just took like half of it and slowed it way down and played it on some pipes. Yeah. yeah pipes and a and a violin at the start. Oh yeah. And a little bit of piano I think is still there. Yeah. Yes, in the background. And then occasionally a big like a big tom drum of some kind is hit. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they gotta have those like accent. About one twenty two those drums come in and they're meant to like give this song a little bit of life, but I don't think it fucking works. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I I saw stuff with this song again. I don't know if (laughs) anybody got that. Um, I got a bit. It was very foresty for me though. You get those woodwinds in and I'm thinking like a a sweet little forest. Oh, interesting. I was mm. I got a, a very Celtic feel, so like um like the cliffs of Dover, something like that, just standing oh, okay. like at, Yeah, like, that kind of like folky music. But the cliffs of Dover sound like an electric guitar. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, very very Celtic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely noticed that kind of sound. Um, yeah, where you get that like kind of like fluty, vague flute sounds, or I it, I think for a while it sounds like a clarinet, and then it sounds like a flute, but maybe I'm crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just wrote pick pipes, out a clarinet. <laughs> Could be either. Could be yeah, both. Yeah, it d- it definitely plays into some kind of like like fantasy vibe. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of their goal by the sounds of it is like this. Yeah. I mean, I say generic fantasy because. It's supposed to fit with D and D sessions of all kinds, so right. it's kind of got that vibe. So it sounds it's like that they a like, living room more than anything. And they like they describe themselves as like epic fantasy, and this just is like the opposite of epic. Yeah, <laughs> like even less so than the original. <laughs> yeah, it's very like it's like teeny tiny fantasy. Yeah. Like fairy, fairy fantasy. <laughs> exactly, it's fairy fantasy. Yeah. yeah, it does have to fade into the background, which I think it does uh, successfully. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I guess that's yeah. what they wanted. So great. Yeah, so great they did it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of an alternate use, but I, I don't know yeah. if I'd want to listen to it again. 
No, it fell pretty flat for me. I didn't really like this one. Yeah. I also wrote down that pipes don't fit with the um the image of a kiln of the first flame. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really like fit in there as well as a piano does. Because they would light on fire. That's right. You can't have woodwinds little... in there. They burn exactly. up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. A piano wouldn't light on fire? Damn right, Alex. That's okay. made out of elephant away. bones. <laughs> <laughs> we all know they're immune to fire. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> With that, we're going to talk about what is either Borgia or Borja in 2020. <laughs> Borja. I actually don't Shit, know. Yeah, I would have said Borja. I'm just giving you well, an alternative, a, a third option. I don't know what oh, the yeah, answer okay. is. Oh, okay, so I say there's either two options, and you say, mm, actually, there's <laughs> a third option. A Thanks, third. Alex. Have you never heard uh, of a fjord? They smell that with uh, a J. Always good to have support for my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so, actually. Um, I, don't, I, just, I, I just don't know what Dungeon Synth is. All right, B- Borja. Well, it's also uh, Dark Ambion, Alex, so maybe <laughs> think about that. I don't know what that <laughs> is either. This just sounds like if Gwyn was a, the boss of an ice world. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does sound very ice caves-y, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the whole piano yeah. is like this chimey synth EP thing. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, that sums it up. It's all like, it's very even- uh, it's it's just put everything onto a synth, and it's this very icy, glassy synth. Uh, and I guess like the idea of ice, since he is the you know he's the Lord of Cinder, the dying fire, putting ice in there is kind of like, hey, here's what comes next. But froze over. Yeah, that's, the that's age of ice. Read. They should do a Dark Souls game based around ice. Ice, ice souls. There's a. One of the DLCs for Dark Souls 2 is very icy. I'm sold. Dark, Gotta get Dark the Souls and Bloodborne at the Olympic Games. Edition. Oh, shit. <laughs> is that a prequel to Bloodborne Cart? Can we finally have Bloodborne Cart? Hell yeah, dog. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> We're all waiting. Okay, so that's the last cover. We're going to get into our final verdicts. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version that would be your boss music when you're old and dying. <laughs> Uh, Alex, start us off. What's the worst version of this, and why? The worst version of this is... Hmm. 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 I'm, I'm going between two in my brain, but I think I gotta say Borja. 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 Why's that, Alex? Because... Well, okay, so I'm comparing it now in my brain to the Smooth McGroove version. They both kind of took it very straightforward cover and just replaced the sounds with their own thing, uh, but did kind of mm. the same thing. Um, but but with with Borea, it was like like you could kind of do that if you just had like a MIDI track, like <laughs> and added some echo. Like it it doesn't seem like there's much going on here. Right. Oh, you're saying like theoretically like a lot more people could do the same thing whereas smooth mcgroove like actually takes yeah he actually like like i said he actually seems to have some like arranging that he has to do and it it takes some out of it because like i said there's a lot of like processing that i 
think is maybe not necessarily, but he does have to make some sounds with his voice. So there's some talent there and there's some like, um, digital audio workstation uh, ability definitely on display. Um, I just think that one falls flat, uh, Mm. ultimately. Whereas, whereas Borea kind of doesn't do much anyway. Like, right. They downloaded a meaty package, applied it to their MP3 file of, (laughs) Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, and we're like, check this out. I cut it in half, and they're like, yeah, there's the song. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. It, yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. Doesn't do it that's for fair. me. John, what's the worst version? So, uh, similar to Alex, I also have it down to two versions. And funnily enough, they're the same two versions that Alex mentioned. Ooh. But I'm gonna go with Smooth McGroove as the worst version. It's it's very close with Borja or whatever. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm giving it to Smooth McGroove because Borya at least cut off like a minute, so it wasn't as boring for as long. <laughs> right. And Smooth McGroove just kept it going for too long, I thought. Yeah, that is fair. Uh, I agree with y'all. Um, I guess I'm now since you guys have both talked, I'm also down to those two. I was gonna shit on Celestial Aeon Project, <laughs> but I, at least That's I think fair. they put in That's a little a more effort assessment. than these other two. It's it's different at least. True. Yeah, it is. It's different. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not great, though. But, yeah, in terms of, like, actually putting in an effort. And, you know, Smooth McGroove does this, for, or at least until 11 months ago, does this <laughs> for a living. Apparently. <laughs> but, yeah, how lazy is Borgia? They got a whole album of this. And it was made this year. How many other albums does Borgia have? None. None. Actually, one. It's called Primeval Desires. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, they do. Oh, they have singles. And, and another one, yeah, and another one called "The Old King of Novaria," and another one called "Worship the Dark Tongue." These are all 2020. You cannot make th- no. You know what? It's going to Borgia because this is just a <laughs> somebody's trying to get money out of this somehow. It's a it's a money laundering scheme. It's Borgia. Low effort to give us the idea of what if Gwyn froze over. Okay, <laughs> fine. Man, like Shit. every time, like when when I'm like making my notes before I start the song, I'll go and like research the band a little bit so I can like have some bass notes to go with. Right. And so like I I clicked through to the Dark and Demonic album. I was like, holy shit, this is this is all Dark Souls. May I have found like my new Alex Rowe, and I started listening to it. And I was like, no, never mind. <laughs> this won't do. <laughs> like nope, nope, didn't this see is, like, this. Toy box music. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's no good. Alex, what's the best version of this and why? Hmm. I think there were some pretty strong versions. I liked a couple of them, but I think the one that I liked the most was probably Alex Rowe, just because of mm. that Castlevania connection. Just nice. Had that like other energy that was a little nostalgic for me. Um, and. I don't even have an answer. Those, those things, yeah. Right on, Alex. I agree with everything you've just said to me. <laughs> me too. I like Alex Rowe. Oh, Alex right. Rowe's really good. Is that is that your best of, John? No, I'm gonna give it to Sonj actually. Mm, um, good, very close, one. probably between him and Alex Rowe. And like going into this, I was fully expecting my bias would shine through, and I'd just give it to Alex Rowe. But the Sonj one was so varied and interesting and like i think we brought it up plenty of times over the past hour and a half 
Yeah. I think it makes makes sense that I would give it to, yeah, to that version. Yeah, we've been like comparing yeah. everything else to it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it became our gold standard very early on, partially yes. by merit of being the first version we talk about. But yeah, I agree. I think Sanj is the best version. He did some brave things with the rhythm. He brought in some heavy metal elements. And it kept it very dynamic throughout. It brought in the the softness from the original, but also these high energy hitting moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only reason Alex Rowe beat it out for me is my Castlevania nostalgia. Mm, that'd do it. And Alex Rowe was very close for me. Yeah, yeah, oh, very close. I thought it was another very good version. So now the final question, Alex, you're an old man, and some dude rolled up in your house to beat the shit out of you. Uh, what song's playing? Um, I Keep think, in mind, he's been on a long journey to get to yeah, you. Yeah, he's been on a long journey, but here's the thing you gotta know about me. Uh, something very important about me as a person is I am always cold. Uh, so I think it's gotta be Borgia. <laughs> I, I am the ice boss. Like, I live in the ice you're, cave. You're ice Gwen. Anywhere, everywhere I am is my own personal ice cave. And that's my theme song. I'll allow it. Um, John, what's your boss music? Um, sort of on a similar track to Alex. I would also be a very cold boss, and so my my final boss would be the Scar version because presumably I'm probably going to be listening to metal even when I'm old and dying. And Sonj was my young man metal version, but Scar will be my cold old man metal cover. Right. You're just listening to that. And yeah, and I'll be in the icy wastes. <laughs> My Perfect. house will be in the middle of like an ice lake. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I can see that. That's very. That's a terrifying journey to make. John, yes. we just need to like get an ice cabin together or something. Like, yeah, we should. There you go. Yeah, Somewhere you, we can, one be you can have the upstairs. Together. The other can have the bottom. Yeah, like somebody will knock on the door. We'll be like, uh, "Which which Lord of Ice are you here for?" <laughs> <laughs> Did and you make an appointment? We'll like turn on the Borgia or the Scar cover. <laughs> are you here for the for, for vengeance? Is that is that now? <laughs> okay, hang on. Just let me let me get my iPhone. <laughs> Phenomenal. Well, for me, my boss music is going to be insane in the rain music, and I'm going to be one of those awful boss fights where it's mostly just me talking to you, and you have to put up with it. <laughs> I'm like, gonna be I way remember too when long. they first invented jazz and they're like fuck <laughs> me god damn it <laughs> they'd be like I did the thing three times I, I clearly know how to do this why is the boss fight still happening you'd <laughs> be like saxophone solo <laughs> what's you like a Werther's they're like god damn it god damn old man I'm just here to kick your ass <laughs> It'll be like bam, it'll bam, be like bam. that. Uh, what is it? Metal Gear Solid Three with the end, where if you just let the whole thing play out, I'll just die of natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can listen to the whole six-minute jazz cover, <laughs> choke on your own worthers. Oh yeah, or whatever so you that, know, or whatever, or whatever. Alex, I'll be honest, I didn't hear you when you first said a thing. Alex. Oh, I said you choke on your own worthers. It was a callback <laughs> to the right. thing you said about the worthers. <laughs> That's the ticket. You you say no to the worthers. I'm like, well, for me. <laughs> <laughs> You choke on them while you're trying to do a sax solo. (laughs) (laughs) Please, listen to my sax solo. (laughs) That's been our final verdict. If you've got a similar opinion, different opinion, or want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at SomeAlexWiseGuy, or at SirJohnSnow. Tell him all your opinions. Please. Please. Talk to me about Dark Souls. (laughs) Talk to him about Dark Souls. He loves it. 
Um, be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Uh, be, you can email us your questions, comments, and concerns at covermepod at gmail.com. And you can see John on the internet, on YouTube at Jardeb. What's your, your Jardeb URL? You got a special one, right? Yeah, it's it's either youtube.com forward slash the Jardev or jardev.tube will take you there. Jardev.tube. And yeah. You can, you can see John streaming on Twitch. What's your Twitch handle? It's uh, twitch.tv slash Snow. That's Sir with an E, right? Yes. I uh, I made it years ago when um the original plan was for like me to make one and Robbie to make one. And that's why I did like Sir John Snow instead of Jardev. Right. And now I just don't want to change it. <laughs> Fair enough. So check him out there. You can see him playing the Academy and other games. Probably, probably Dark Souls of Dark in the future. Souls. <laughs> if you're horny for Dark Souls, you know where to go. Now we're going to our bonus segment. This week entitled, let's just talk about video games. Nice. And we're in, in this week, we'll be talking about Souls-like games, a genre Ooh. unto its own. Uh, I figured I'd hit you guys up, see what some of your favorite Souls-adjacent games are. John, you could probably start us off. Sweet. Okay, I've got, I've got a few. Hit us. Um, I'd, like, I, I play pretty much anything that's called Souls-like, just to give it a go. Because so far, like, no game has really come close to, uh, like making me get so involved with a game like Dark Souls. Right. Like I have like 600 hours in like all the games by this point. Um, so I, I, I'm always interested in trying Souls Lakes. So I've tried most of them. But I think my favorite one has been Code Vein. I don't know if you guys heard of that really? one. I've heard of it. Yeah. Is that the anime one? Yeah. It's the anime vampire one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Um, the, the story's not brilliant. Um, it's, it's a little bit tropey. But I found like the gameplay was very very solid, and um, like I, I finished one playthrough of it, sat through the credits, like turned it off, just like sat for like five minutes, and I just like instantly started back up and made a new character, and that's that's how I could tell it was a Souls like that it stuck with me because I was interested in playing it again. Right. Yeah, I I have seen some like neat characters that came out of the character creator in that. The creator's very good. Very, yeah. very advanced. Yeah, I'm looking at all these horny anime boys and girls. It's it's very anime. It's it it'll it probably did turn a lot of people off. <laughs> and yeah, the story is like pretty contrived and also very anime. <laughs> yeah, it it seems to be yeah playing. I'm just going through Google images of it, and it's yeah <laughs> a lot of your your standard anime tropes, yep. but tropes for a reason because the people love them. And and just gameplay wise, really really solid. Yeah, and that's that's a big draw of the the Dark Souls series. It's one part gameplay, one part lore whoring, and if you got at least one of those parts, your souls like. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I'm gonna cheat and say that my favorite, uh, souls like is probably Hollow Knight. I talked about it earlier, but it's like it's like a Metroidvania with Souls elements. So you yeah. you got trying boss battles you've got the death mechanic that's very similar and it's just a it's just one of those games where shit's hard and you're like well i only have so many things i can do it's like either i gotta be good at smacking them with my little smacky stick or i gotta figure out how magic works in this game and i refuse to do that <laughs> so, so i'm hitting them with the stick 
Here comes well, my pokey stick. Here comes my pokey stick. And you get the the whole like badge system in that, which is very reminiscent of like Paper Mario games where you can modify skills and stats by equipping certain badges that take up, you know, X amount of value. And it's always fun to sort of hyper specialize yourself for one specific boss and then never use that arrangement again. <laughs> I so, didn't yeah, I didn't Sorry, keep going. No, go ahead. No, I was trying to fill space. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I I played a bit of Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. I, as I Google, not Google, played six hours of it, apparently. Okay. Um, I think it was just the, the platforming got too intense for me. I'm really bad at platforming, not a fan of it at all. So I think like that element of the Metroidvania part um, just like really stopped me. Um, right. But like, I really liked the, the Dark Souls or the Souls part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's an incredibly well-crafted game and an example of excellent indie games oh yeah beautiful aesthetic and it does some of that like dark souls like like story weaving where you can play for the main game and if you're dumb enough like you won't pick up on anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the the soundtrack was excellent like um before i even played it i had the soundtrack on just like my my library and i would just listen to it when i was reading it i was like Fuck, this soundtrack's so good. I should I should probably play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear that the the platforming is an obstacle for you. I was like born and raised with Super Mario, so platforming has never really been challenging for me in my life. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I never like my first console was a GameCube, so I missed out on all the 2D side-scrolling platformers, and right. I'm just terrible at them as a result. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, when you get to 3D, like, the platforming has to be more forgiving as, like, a result yes. of the medium. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, are you a, are you platforming crippled? Or are you good at those? Um, I would... I'm not platforming crippled, but uh, I, I struggle to say I'm, I'm good at them, but I've, I've done I've done well at platforming. I believe you. I, I, Alex, I, I grew up with Mario as well, so... Yeah. I've been, I've been, in, I've been known to platform in two dimensions from time to time. Hell yeah, brother. Um, you got a you got a Souls like Souls like like. Um, so the Souls like um trend kind of coincided with me getting like my repetitive strain injuries. So I haven't actually played very many of them. Um, I'm gonna break the rules a lot. I'm gonna stretch the rules. Sweet. Are you going to say Death Stranding? And uh, Yeah, <laughs> Death Stranding. No, I haven't played Death Stranding. Um, for me, the game I played the most of that I still associate with it is is Monster Hunter. And, and the reason mm. I associate Monster Hunter is they're both um, games that have kind of more elements of what you'd consider a Western RPG, but from, like, Japanese uh, sources. And right. both games have a heavy emphasis on, like, timing and, like, when you do an action, you kind of dedicate to it. And you have to have to watch an animation play out. And you can cancel it or whatever, yeah. but there's still, like, this this level of commitment necessary to uh, for every action. So that's going to be mine. <laughs> okay, for that's fair. Reasons. Yeah. That's pretty close, yeah. That's not like as cheating as I thought you were gonna be. Yeah, I'm like, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. It was uh, my favorite Souls like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little more colorful, but 
think I, I think it's pretty obvious why all the why elements I, are really there. Yeah, it's, just, it's basically <laughs> the same game. But yeah, no, I can see that there is a that's a huge part I find of the Dark Souls combat system is that commitment to an action once you hit the fucking button. Yeah, and you're like, and you know you hit it, and you know you're gonna do it, and you're like watching this happen on the screen. And you're like, well, fuck, <laughs> why did I do that? Yeah, and you're hitting all the other buttons that you should have been hitting, and you're like, well, it's it's no use now. It's much much too late. Yeah. Yeah, like my um my most recent playthrough of Demon Souls, I did a a pure strength build, and I just had this this massive fucking great sword. I could swing it twice per stamina bar, so like, <laughs> it's definitely like you attack once, you're committed for like five seconds. <laughs> you better not fuck up. And that's how I learned that's not I, like... to be scared of commitment. <laughs> Dark Souls teaches you lessons. Yeah, that's right. One of those lessons is that my girlfriend doesn't like to hear me cussing. Weird. That's <laughs> yeah, weird. She doesn't like it when I shout at a TV. It's strange. <laughs> That's been our bonus segment. If you want to tell us about a, a Souls-like that you like, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag like Souls-like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the end of our episode. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us, John Bell. Thank you for always having a pleasure. me. And as we always say on Cover Me, Plin Plin, cover me. <laughs> Plon. Plon.